Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today, I want to read one verse from uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and I'm going to tell a story about Elijah. Now, remember last week, there was a verse that I used, Romans 11:5. The Bible says there is a remnant chosen by grace. Well, the verses right before that talk about the remnant in the time of Elijah. And I believe what happened in that time is what is happening now. And as there was a remnant then, come on, there's a remnant now. The remnant of people who confess Jesus Christ, who stand for truth and stand for righteousness, that's you. I want to read you this verse in the book of Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7 says this. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is Jesus speaking. You know this as the golden rule. This is the ethic of Jesus. Whatever you wish others would do to you, do also to them. For this is what the law is all about. This is what the prophets were speaking all about. What you wish to see, you must become. I want to read you a couple verses out of the book of 1 Kings, chapter 17, verse 8. The Bible says this. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, there was a widow. She was gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little water and a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, And bring me a morsel of bread in your hand as well. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and for your son, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord said rain upon the earth. And she went and she did as Elijah said, and she and her household ate for many days and the jar of flour was not spent neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord. Today, I have a word that I want to speak over you. And it's simply this. Even when the water runs out, the oil will never run dry. Even when the water runs out, the oil never will. I want you to know you serve a God who will sustain you. And he will sustain you through suffering. He won't sustain you from suffering, but he will sustain you through suffering. And I believe that God has a word from me to this church today. In fact, I believe that God gave it to me to bring to you with power and with faith. And so I want you to receive it in that spirit. Receive it with a spirit of faith. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, God has got enough. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, God's got enough. Turn to him and say, I might even have enough for you too. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, right now, we give you this moment. We give you this time. Come and speak 
to your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, all God's people said amen and amen. Amen. Right now in, uh, in our household, we have a, uh, we've got a first world problem going on. We woke up at the beginning of the month to a strange smell in our house. Very odd odor. I checked the boys because we have two boys and usually all, all scents come from them. Good or <laughs> usually bad. And, and so I checked, but it wasn't them. It wasn't their room. It was in our bathroom, and, and, it, and it's like it started getting worse and worse, and it's like something, something had to have died in this vicinity. So we did a deep clean. I mean, we went and we searched everything deep clean, but we couldn't find it. Uh, it we assume it was kind of coming from this vent, but we weren't sure, and there's not much that we could do, and so we just were trying to, you know, wait it out, live with it. And then, um, but then the next morning after a couple weeks, we woke up, and there were hornets in our house, in, in our house, and not, not like three hornets, a horde of hornets had invaded my house. You know, my son said, Dad, there's bees in the house. And I'm like, bees? And he's like, bees. And I'm like, there's not bees in the house. And he's like, there's bees. And I went and I looked, and there were bees everywhere. And so, so I went to war. You know, I went to war for a couple hours. The next morning, we woke up, and there were flies everywhere. And I'm like, am I in Egypt? What? What is happening here? You know, and I'm, I'm just wondering who has not been praying for their pastor here? Who stopped praying about three weeks ago? Because I need you to start again. It's like we're, we're living in like these first world, you know, plagues. And, and as annoying as they are, it's not real plagues. As annoying as they are, it's just like the difficulties of, of life. But Israel, in this story, is in a real plague. Israel is in a season of drought. And it is a sustained season of drought. And I've heard people even say, you know, like, uh, spiritually, I'm in a spiritually dry season. And that that happens. But what happens when it goes on for years and years and years? Israel is now in drought, which means there's famine, which means there's plague, which means there's death. There's intense, physical, real difficulty. And the reason that they're, they're in this drought is because they had turned from the God Yahweh to the God Baal. They had moved from their first love, and they had begun to love the world. And now a spiritual drought came on them, and a spiritual drought always produces a physical drought. A spiritual drought always produces physical consequences. Because when a nation moves away from God, it invites a spirit of death. See, when a nation becomes God-less, death becomes more. Because God is life. Where there's more of God, Come on, there's more life. But where there's less of God, there's less life. And when the nation of Israel moved away from God, God removed them from his protection. You don't even know how good God's protection is until you don't have it anymore. I didn't even know how good it was living under my parents' roof until I had my own roof. And now I'm calling my dad saying, I got bees in the roof, come help. I didn't know how good it was living under their insurance until I had to pay my own insurance. I didn't realize how good it was going to Disney World on their credit card until I had to pay. And it's like, is there, is there like a small carnival around here somewhere? <laughs> you don't realize how good the protection is until you no longer have the protection. And because Israel moved themselves from Yahweh to Baal, now they were under the protection of Baal, a false god, an idol. See, Baal got introduced to Israel through, through a relationship that there should not have been. Ahab was the king. 
Jezebel is the woman that he married. Jezebel wasn't from Israel. She served other gods, and she brought those gods into the relationship. Do you want to talk about baggage? She brought some baggage. She brought 450 prophets into the relationships, but they were false prophets. You have to be careful. This is not my sermon, but you have to be careful, young people, who you date, who you get engaged with, and who you marry, because their baggage might be filled with bales. They might bring a lot of ungodly ways of thinking and living into your divine covenant. Amen. What happened when, when now, there's a, now there's a covenant outside of God's covenant, so God's people get confused. They don't know who to worship. Confused. That's the word I've been hearing over and over and over from God's people over the last year and a half. We don't know who to trust. We don't know who to believe. We... we our ancestors said one thing, but Jezebel saying another thing, and they chose poorly. They, they chose the world rather than the word. They chose the secular rather than the sacred. They chose Baal rather than God. Well, do you know what Baal was the God of? Baal was the God of rain, but he was a false God. And so what did God say? To show that Baal was not the one true God. I'll wait. spying on us <laughs> to show that Baal wasn't the one true God God said I'll show you my strength no rain because the reality is false gods cannot bless God's people Amen. do you hear me Amen. false gods cannot bless God's people you. you have to be careful when you begin to move into the world because now you have to be blessed by the world and the world has no power to bless Amen. the world now has no authority to anoint Amen. be careful the idols that you serve because money cannot produce anything but more ungodliness and more evil. In fact, it is the root of all evil. You, you have to be careful of the things you serve. Relationships and lust, you have to be careful of the things you serve. Because you have to be blessed by those things. And they have no power to bless. But Yahweh has the power to bless. Israel had lost its relationship with God, and so, so it moved into a place of famine and plague and, and darkness and difficulty. And, and now there's no rain. For the source of rain has been closed off from the heavens. And we find this woman in Zarephath. Zarephath, she's a widow. She's, she's actually outside of Israel's bounds. And that's a whole other sermon for another time. But if Israel is to represent God's people, when Israel moves away from God, even the world gets pulled into times of difficulty. Whole other sermon for another time. But she's in a place called Zarephath. You know what Zarephath means? Zarephath means the place of smelting. It was a place of refining. It was a place of forging. It's a place of smelting. And God says to Elijah, who's the man of God, who's representative of the church of God, the remnant, he says, I want you to go to a new place to be refined. I want you to hear me. What is smelting? Half, um, what, what is the process of smelting? It's fire. It's water. It's beating. But the goal is that you would be forged into something. You may be going through difficulty and you may be living in Zarephath. But I've got good news for you today. That the fire is there to refine you, not destroy you. That the beating is there not to break you down, but to build you up. And I believe 
deeply through this process. You will not be more broken than you were coming into it. I believe you will be stronger. I believe you will be better. I believe you will be faithful. You are going through the master's furnace, but you will come out strong in the name of Jesus, designed for purpose. Yes, you are in Zarephath, the place of smelting. Yes, our nation, especially the church, is in a place of refining, but I've got good news for you. You will be sustained in Zarephath. That's the title of my message today, Sustained in Zarephath. So Elijah goes to the place God has called him, and he finds, finds a widow there. And, and, and she is outside of the gates. She's resigned to her fate. She's gathering sticks, preparing to die. She's lost her will to fight. She has become demoralized, and she has become defeated. Because where there's spiritual drought... That's what it produces, a demoralized psyche, a defeated mind, a lack of will. Listen, if you're not getting my allegory here, this is what I'm saying. Our nation right now, in fact, even the greater world, it's in a spiritual drought. It's in a spiritual drought. There are physical signs, but it's a spiritual source. It's in a spiritual drought. And you might be saying, it looks like everyone around me is angry, demoralized, and defeated. It's because there's a spiritual drought. And maybe you even feel like you are demoralized and defeated. Maybe you feel like you're in the place that this widow was. I'm resigned to whatever. I'm giving up fighting. I'm giving up pushing. I got nothing left. I'm resigned to my fate. I've got no will to fight. Today, I'm here to restore your will to fight. I'm here to restore your will to fight. Come on, how many people feel like you need fresh courage? How many people feel like you need fresh energy? Come on, how many people feel like you need fresh faith? I'm here to restore your will to fight. See, her plan was this. I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to die. That was her plan. You know what's interesting about that plan? It was all physical, no spiritual. I'm going to eat, then I'm going to die. She lost her sense of vision. She lost her courage or hope for the future. It's just here and now. I'm going to eat, and then I'm going to die. I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to persevere. I'm not going to go to the priests. I'm just going to eat, and then I'm going to die. The more difficult the situations outside becomes, the more physical our response usually is. You know what? I got nothing left to give. This is what I'm going to stay home. I'm just going to take care of myself. I'm going to try and take care of my family. I'm just going to care about me. I I, I don't have anything to give to you right now. I'm just going to eat. And then I'm going to die. I've got no faith to give. I got no, you know what? I barely have enough hope for myself right now. I I can't, I can't deal with your stuff. I can't, because right now I'm just trying to eat and then I'm just trying, and then I'll die. I'm just trying to get through. I'm just going to get through today. I got to get through tomorrow and we can get smaller and littler and slower. And pretty soon there's no movement. There's no faith. There's no forward. There's no vision. There's no building because we just are in the physical. I'm just going to take care of me and mine. I'm just going to watch my bank account, and then, and then I'll, I'll, I'll die when it's time to die. I'm here to tell you God has a greater purpose, a greater plan, that help is on the way, that there is a spiritual element to this, that God sees you even in your distress. Come on, that's good news. God looks and he sees a widow that has no hope. God looks and he sees a widow that says, I'm all done. He looks and he sees a widow that says, I've got no one. And God says, but I've got someone. I've got a man of God. I've got someone faithful. Come on, Elijah is the church of Jesus Christ. He is the remnant. He says, I'll send you into hopeless situations. I'll bring you there to bring some faith with you. No, you are not called 
just to the physical. You've got the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And God is calling you to be more than just a basic survivor. Amen. Amen. Even if the days of difficulty increase in your life. Even if the days of difficulty increase in this nation. I want you to know that God is good. And even if the water runs out, the oil will not run out. The oil is the presence of God. The oil is divine sustenance. The oil is God's great divine plan. Even if the water of man runs out, God still has a plan. The enemy wants you resigned in your spirit, even when help is on the way. He wants you to give up just a little bit too soon. He wants you to back down, be nothing, right before God has something. I'm here to tell you, you are more than just a survivor. You hear me? You're a child of Jesus Christ. I listened to this incredible podcast re recently by uh, a, a woman that escaped North Korea. Her name's Yeonmi Park. She's on Jordan Peterson's podcast. You, I, I would encourage everybody to listen to it. It was difficult to get through. She talked about the oppression that she faced underneath that Antichrist government. And uh, I, I had to stop every 10 minutes and weep. It was, it was very tough to hear the difficulty that people have come up under. E even our definition of difficulty, a lot of times, is really blessed. When you hear about true oppression, when you hear about true slavery, then you understand what some people are persevering through in the world. I was listening to, to her story, and she said this. She said, civilization falls when you don't eat. People become animals, and you lose your dignity. You become a basic survivor. The enemy wants to turn God's people into basic survivors. He wants us to look at our difficulty rather than our divine savior. He wants us to focus on our lack rather than God's providence. Are you hearing me? The goal of the enemy is to get you to just eat and then die. But I've got good news for you today. Elijah's on his way. Elijah's on his way. God sent God's man for the hour. Elijah's on his way. Come on, here comes boldness. Here comes courage. Here comes strength. Here comes righteousness. I don't care how difficult it gets. It could be in the most dire circumstances, but you are more than just a physical being, and God has sent his son towards you to bring courage to you. Elijah is on his way. Hey, I've got good news for you today. I, I, what you can't control is the world around you, but there's something greater than the world sent by God, and he's coming for his people. Elijah is on his way. God has a great plan. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, God has a great plan. God has a great plan. God has a great plan, and that plan is for you. I love this moment when Elijah shows up. I see it almost like a fight. You know when fighters walk in the ring, music goes on, lights go off, all of a sudden this guy walks in, he's ready for a fight, that's my Elijah. Every time he shows up, this guy is bringing something. He's bringing confrontation. He's bringing strength. He's bringing courage because he's got the backing of the Almighty. Remember when David said to Goliath, you come to me with swords and spears, physical, but I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's spiritual. I'm here to tell you something. You have a spirit on you, and it is not the spirit of Ahab. It is not the spirit of Elijah. It is not the spirit of death. 
It, sorry, it is the spirit of Elijah. It is the spirit of Jesus Christ. Death does not reign over you. The cross declares what? Life over you. Do you hear me? You can't control what's going on out there. But I want you to know there's someone greater than the world that is sending his son towards you. And God sends Elijah. He sends his man to his daughter and that child. You know, it's interesting. The Bible tells us she was a widow. She had no man. She had no protection. She had no friend. She had no one to go through this thing with. And yet God says, I will be your protection. I will intervene where the physical lacks. I will Bring a man of God. God sends his man to his daughter and his child who are in desperate need. Listen, this is what James says. James says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. One of the primary problems in our society right now, aside from sin, is fatherlessness. I would say it is the primary problem that almost every other problem springs forth from is a lack of faithful fathers. Here's a widow. She's on her own. Here's a young man, her child. He's on his own. And there's no father in the picture. But God says, I will send someone. I want you to hear me. Where society lacks, the church steps up. Fathers bring identity and security. That's the main things that they bring, identity and security. This is why we have a generation that has absolutely no clue who it is or why it's here. We have a confused generation because we have a fatherless generation. We have a generation that has no protection because the fathers have fled the home and left it unguarded. But hear me, where the enemy has gained a foothold, I believe the church is called to step in and fight that battle. I pray that this church, this church raises righteous men, righteous fathers, strong in their conviction, strong in their faith, faithful to their wives, faithful to their children. You will not walk out. You will not abandon, but you will step up and you will grow strong. Yes, even through difficulty, God will sustain you. He will sustain your marriage. He will sustain your mind. He will sustain your values. He will sustain your conviction. Hear me. We cannot... We cannot solve all the problems of the whole world, but in this house, we can raise strong young men that love the word of God, that love their children and love their wives and love the house of God. I pray in this next season, I want to commit in this next season, we are going to invest into the men of the house, that those men would turn and would invest into their own house, that God can raise strong families to fight against the plan of the enemy. And may we step up through We Heart Lives in society. And may we step up and speak identity, speak security, and speak truth in the mighty name of Jesus. We're going to raise men of righteousness and responsibility. Elijah shows up. Elijah shows up. And what does Elijah ask for? He asks for food. And she has no food. He asks for oil, and she has no oil. And here's the question. Will she give out of her lack? Will she give what she doesn't have enough of this is the question and hear me every believer is going to have to face this test and this trial will you give what you need can you give of what you need Jesus says this whatever you wish others would do to you do also to them can you give 
what you feel you lack, what you feel you need. Church, can you give of yourself when you feel you don't even have enough of yourself? Can you give of your heart? Can you give of your energy? Can you give of your time? Can you give of your faith? Can you give of your courage? Come on, can you give of your hope? What does the world need right now? It needs some hope. It needs some words of faith. Come on, can you give of your joy? Can you give of who you are? Hear me, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about faith right now. Can you give of who you are? Because the enemy wants you to sit down, stop, be quiet, and say, I'm, I'm all out. I'm, I'm done. In fact, he even wants your words to reflect that agenda. I've got nothing to give. I'm tired. I can't serve at church. I can't go to church. I can't even think about church. I, I, I can't think about my kids. I can't handle. I can't. I won't. I don't. I want. I not. That's not you. Come on. That's not you. You have a strong mind. You have a strong spirit. Come on, you have a strong soul. That's not you. You have the spirit of Elijah. You have the spirit of Jesus Christ on the inside of you. I'm talking about the oil that does not run out. It is on your mind, and it is on your heart, and it is on your spirit. And I, I would encourage you, church, stay engaged even when you lack. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with people. They say, I feel dry, so I'm going to stop giving out. Do you not understand how ministry works? It's when you dry that you got to dig deeper. The well's not filling. Go deeper. Jesus says, give and it will be given. This is the principle of ministry. Give out and it will be given. Be generous and you'll have more to be generous with. Give of yourself, of your faith, of your prayer, and you'll have more to give with. Man, I'm thankful for those that give on Sunday. I pray that you are blessed beyond imagination, that you have more even than enough. Give, and it will be given. But the enemy wants to come and say, well, you're tired, and, and you're down, and you're done. Hear me, that's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit says, give, and it will be given. Come on, press down, shaken together, running over, running over. I pray your joy runs over. I pray your hope runs over. I pray your wisdom runs over. I pray your strength runs over. Come on, we're not going to be people of lack in our spirits. We have the Holy Spirit, and the oil never runs out. It flows over, down from the beard of Aaron, down onto his children, down onto the nation. I'm preaching to a mighty church. We are not afraid. We are not downtrodden. We are not struggling. We are not frustrated. We are faith-filled. We are moving forward. We've got great plans. We've got a holy future. I'm speaking faith into you right now. Come on, tell your neighbor, I got more. Because I'm not my source. If I was my source, I wouldn't have enough. If the world was our source, you wouldn't have enough. If your job was your source, you wouldn't have enough. If the government was your source, you wouldn't have enough. But they're not your source. Your source is beyond. Your source has a cattle on a thousand hills. Your source has never, ever lacked, never, ever wanted, and fulfilled every single promise. Your source is the spirit of Jesus Christ. I got good news for you today, church. It's not over until it's over. And even then, it's still not over. Job says, though he slay me, still I will trust him. I've looked on the outside and found most untrustworthy. But I can tell you I have found God trustworthy. So whatever you want to do, God, you do. But I will trust you.
Even if you slay me, still I will trust you. Even if you take from me, still I will trust you. But I will not move my trust from you to Baal, to the gods of this age, the gods of this world. I will trust you. Elijah asks for the thing that she feels she doesn't have to give, but when she decides to give, when she breaks through, when she decides to trust the man of God and the word of God, now the miracle happens. And Elijah says this phrase to her that he is saying to you right now, that I believe the spirit of God is saying to you right now, Elijah says, do not fear. Do not fear. Every time an angel showed up, you know, angel means messenger. The first message that they bring every single person that they meet is do not fear. When Jesus shows up, what does he bring? But a spirit of courage. What does he proclaim? Do not fear. When Paul speaks to young Timothy, what does he say? He says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Strong in your thinking, strong in your decisions, strong in your love, strong in your perseverance. Elijah says, do not fear. And I am here to tell you, church, no matter what happens out there, in here, do not fear. In here, do not fear. you got to make the decision. You say, well, I'm waiting to not feel afraid. This isn't about feelings. This is about decisions. I choose to not give myself over to fear. I choose to not give my mind. I choose to not give my ears. I choose to not give my children over to fear. Hear me, some of you got to turn the TV off. It's the fear portal. You got to turn it off. You say, well, then I won't be misinformed. Well, yeah, then you, then you won't be misinformed. Yeah, I was going to say, you might say to me, well, well, then I won't be informed. No, you will be informed, but you just won't be afraid. You won't be lied to constantly. Hear me, some of you have the TV on 24-7 and you don't even know why am I constantly afraid. You're watching one demonic movie after another and you say, why does it feel like my house is haunted? You have to close the doors that let spirits that are unholy into your house. Shut it off, turn it down, close the door, lock it, it's done, it's over. Hear me, do not fear. Some of you need to pull your calendars out and say, we're going on vacation. I've waited. I've been nervous. Will they let me? Will I have to mask, double mask, triple mask? Will they let me on the plane? I don't know, but plan the vacation anyways. We'll say, what if I have to cancel? Then cancel. No big deal, but don't live afraid. Don't live afraid. What am I telling? I'm telling you to go to lunch. I'm telling you to start that business. I'm telling you to get that new job. I'm telling you to, to give and give and give and see See if God will pour out his spirit upon all flesh. See if God won't back you up. Do not be afraid. Well, the governor came out with a new mandate. Mandates do not override God's word. Do not be afraid. Well, you don't know what's going on right now. Yeah, but you don't know who my God is in heaven. Well, are you not afraid? Well, you should be afraid. You should be afraid. No, no, no. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't sound like a high-pitched nasal whine. The Holy Spirit's strong, not smug. The Holy Spirit's holy, not fearful. The Holy Spirit is on you. Come against that atmosphere in your home. Don't let it get on your children, please. Don't let fear get on your children. Don't let fear get on your children. The enemy wants to control you. And, and, and honestly, it seems even people want control. And the lever that they have is fear. But if you take that lever away, then they have no authority over you. I want you to please hear me. Satan has no authority over you 
except that which you give him. And when Elijah says, do not fear, he's not just saying it to her. He's saying it to you. And I choose today to believe that. I choose today to live like that. But you need to choose today to say, today is, I've given enough to fear in the last year. Last year, when we were having church outside, every Saturday night I had a difficult time, you know. I was nervous. You know, would we be, <laughs> would I be arrested? It sounds silly, but I was, I was afraid. Would I be arrested? I thought this might be the last sermon I preached for a long time, so I tried to make every sermon good. If this is the last one, better be a good one. But I tell you what, I've given enough to fear. If you want to arrest me, arrest me. But we're going to have church. We're going to have church. And anybody can come. We're going to have church. I've given enough to fear. I want to ask you, what have you given over to fear in the last year and a half that God says, take it back? Take it back. What area of your life or your mind? What area of your finances or your future? Maybe even with your children, God says, stand strong. Will I not stand with you? Can you say amen? amen. We're going to be a fearless church. A fearful world, C.S. Lewis says, needs a fearless church. As for me and my house. We're going to serve Jesus. Amen. Elijah says this. The band can come. We're going to close right now. Elijah says this. Thus says the Lord. The word of God is our provider. Jesus says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word from the mouth of God. This is our sustenance. He says, thus says the Lord. He says, go and do what I've said, and the oil will not run out. I'm going to close right now. But I believe this promise for this woman is a promise for you today. And I believe it's a promise for this church. The oil shall not be empty until the Lord sends rain. I'm here to declare to you today the Lord will sustain you. We just close your eyes right now. Bow your head. I want to proclaim this over you right now. And I just want you to receive it. Have a spirit of receptivity right now. And it's this. The Lord will sustain you. He said this to her, even though there was going to be three and a half more years of drought. He said this to her, even though in the next chapter, a couple verses later, her son was about to die. But yet, the promise remains true. The Lord will sustain her, and the oil will not run out. That child was to be, that child was to be resurrected. Just as you and I are to be resurrected, the oil will never run out. And the promise, the promise is that rain will come. I don't know how long it may take. It may take years for our nation to come out of its spiritual drought. It may take months. But I know this, God has not abandoned this world. I know that God does not disown America. I know that God is not angry with his people. Even though he refines them, he is not angry with them. I know this, that God promises the oil. And even if the water runs low, the oil won't. He will sustain your soul. He will sustain your strength. He will sustain your home. Even if you hit difficulties, lockdowns, or job loss, or loss of health, or 
even loss of family members, even if there's difficulties in your mind, this truth reigns over them that he will sustain your life. The prophet Joel says this, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they too shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the day of the Lord comes, that great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord will sustain his people. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.